0: Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up... Confusion continues to surround the government's travel rules in the face of the Omicron variant. Canadians are kind of getting tired of this and I think that they expect their government uh, to be a little better prepared and to give them some more details. The minister can't just trot out an announcement without any details. Canadians need more information, and that's what we keep asking for. Opposition MPs get ready to grill Christia Freeland. Reuters news is reporting the finance minister will only give limited information in her fiscal update. The government has already refused to account for $600 billion of their spending, and now they're planning to spend more without any accountability. And Maxime Bernier, gets 96% approval from his own party.
1: There's no contention inside that party that I, that I can see. Maxime Bernier has stood for all the things those people who support him have stood for. He's been speaking out of it. Gets the vaccination process, masking process, limits on gatherings, shutting down the economy, pandemic benefits. I think it's really interesting is where do they go next? Uh, what's the next big issue?
0: It's Monday, December 6th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Peter Van Dusen, CPAC's executive producer and the host of Primetime Politics. Good morning, Peter. Morning, Mark. Let's start by talking about the latest on how Canada is handling the Omicron variant and also travel regulations related to that. Uh, I think there's a lot of confusion about the approach we're taking, and I know a lot of uh, a lot of this is relying on new live information. Uh, the the picture's changing; it's fluid. But I think a lot of people are confused about what we're doing, particularly at the border and as people return to the country by air.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. Um, and, and I and I'm I'm not even sure the government has has gone to any great lengths to deny that there's confusion. I mean, the last couple of news conferences dealing, you know, last week with. Uh, Omicron and, and new travel rules and testing rules and possible isolation rules have been uh, confusing to say the least. A lot of the Canadians are not sure, you know, what they should expect when they travel and, and what they should expect coming back to Canada. And the government's making it clear that whatever rules are in place now could change. Uh, and, you know, and any time ministers repeatedly use language like it's a fast-changing situation and uh, the rules are fluid, the situation is fluid, Uh, that's a pretty direct message to Canadians that you know more changes could be coming but uh, to to a large extent a lot of it is probably understandable at this point Mark given you know nobody's quite sure what the absolute effects of Omicron are going to be the early you know evidence seems to be that it might be more transmissible but it's not you know absolutely clear that it's um, you know more dangerous at this point or, or causes more serious illness and whether it has the possibility of, of overtaking the, the Delta variant, which is the, the dominant variant now certainly in this country and, uh, and, and in most countries. And if that's the case, uh, you know, the measure, we've, we've we've been able to show that the vaccines are, are effective against the Delta variant. And if, uh, if Omicron can't overcome, uh, can't overtake Delta, then you, you end up at the end of the day still dealing with Delta. Uh, but there's still lots of questions around this. And... You know, if you, have, I think the overarching message Canadians need to read into all of this, because we're going to keep hearing it this week, is uh, think long and hard about uh, the travel you take. Uh, not an absolute no at this point in the absence of, uh, as I said, knowing everything about Omicron. But be ready to pivot, be ready to change, because the government may be pivoting and changing as we find out more about this variant.
0: Yeah all right uh let's turn to what's coming up this week it's going to be uh there's going to be a lot of focus on government finances this week and deputy prime minister and finance minister christia freeland is going to face a lot of questions from the opposition uh just walk us through what's going to happen in the next few days
1: yeah it's going to be finance will be front and center the canadian economy will be front and center pandemic relief will be front and center and uh more than anything else uh, the deputy prime minister and finance minister will be front and center Uh, Just quickly, some of the nuts and bolts, the the finance committee has been struck under a deal to try and fast track the COVID, uh, you know, uh, the ongoing COVID supports, which have been narrowed um, for uh, many Canadians, uh, largely, you know, there are still some sectors that will benefit from continuing government aid as needed. Um, Some families will continue to, you know, benefit from it, but um, a lot of the people who had been receiving government aid will no longer be receiving that government aid unless, uh, they're affected by, you know, uh, lockdowns, so, and we don't have any lockdowns right at the moment, unless there's a total lockdown, you won't be in line for benefits, the same kind of benefits you might have received before. So the Finance Committee has been struck to, uh, to sort of fast track hearings, and that'll include at some point hearing from uh, for at least uh, for for two hours. Uh, the, Deputy finance, uh, the Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister, Christian Freeland, uh, has agreed that she'll, as part of this deal, she'll come before that Finance Committee to, to answer questions about that. And also, uh, this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, the House will dissolve into what's called Committee of the Whole, where it basically becomes by exactly what the name implies, just one large committee hearing in the chamber of any MPs who want to take part in that and Mm -hmm. often what happens is uh, towards the it's required by uh, towards the end of the fall sitting a couple of different ministers will get up for four hours at a time and defend the spending in their departments Uh, Mm -hmm. well this time this time the government is putting up Christy Freeland uh, both times so Tuesday night and Wednesday night four hours each uh, she will be subject to a, a bombardment of questions from the opposition parties and they can question about Anything. It's it's about I mean, it's called committee of the whole of the estimates, but really it means it's carte blanche that uh, uh, the that members of parliament from the opposition side can actually question the minister about all of the spending in her department, and it's a pretty fairly loose definition of where they can go with their questions. So uh, finance, finance, finance uh, uh, will be the, the, the sort of key issue before parliamentarians this week.
0: All right, um, and and. What approach do you think that Christia Freeland will take to this? What and what approach will the opposition take? Is this uh, because I think there are obviously a, a, there, there are many different ways to look at the amount of spending sure. that's happened during the pandemic. And and I think uh, most people feel that while it was a blunt instrument, it was necessary to to protect Canadians and keep the economy going.
1: Yeah, it'll be much wider than that. So it'll be a bit pandemic spending, but there's no way that the Christopher Freeland's not on defense. Uh, that's the way the, the that's the way the committee, the whole process is set up. That for four hours, opposition parties get to. Uh, you know, uh, largely attack you over some of the decisions you've made. And, yeah, there may be uh, some kudos at different uh, points for the the way the government has handled the pandemic, but this is really about putting a minister in the hot seat, and it's going to happen to her over two different nights. But you can also expect not just questions about the pandemic spending choices made by the government there will be questions about the fact that uh, the government has yet to uh, provide a complete accounting for the 600 billion dollars spent on on the pandemic uh, to this point and so there'll be lots of questions about from opposition parties of when are we going to see uh what you actually did with the money parliament approved uh you know because when when parliament puts out uh, you, you know budgeting and estimates and so on they they're sort of broad approaches for this is where we intend to spend the money yeah. when you go back and look at the public accounts, this is the actual justification line by line uh, dollars and cents of where the money actually uh did go, not where they said it was going to go, but exactly what it was spent on so be lots of questions about that you'll hear the inflation argument again uh from opposition parties you'll hear lots of questions from uh, the, the NDP for sure, and, and I'm sure from the block here as well, about uh, the pandemic spending bill and how it, they believe, uh, penalizes. And the government has acknowledged this to some extent that it's uh, treating uh, seniors uh, unfairly, different seniors who made income during the pandemic, received benefits during the pandemic. A lot of that's being clawed back for many seniors. So they're actually losing money this year compared to what they had uh, last year and so there'll be lots of questions about the fairness in the new pandemic mm. support uh, legislation.
0: All right finally Peter uh, there's been a lot of focus on Arnaud O'Toole's leadership recently um, but Maxime Bernier doesn't seem to be facing any threat to his leadership of the People's Party of Canada. They don't have any seats in the House of Commons and they had a much sm- smaller share of the popular vote in the last election than the Conservatives did, but uh, Bernier uh, had 96% support uh, for him to stay on the job as the leader of the party in voting uh, that took place over uh, a couple of weeks and wrapped up on Friday. The results were announced on the weekend, and there were some 15,000 votes that were that were cast. So Maxime Bernier is firmly at the helm of the party that he created.
1: Yeah, there's no contention inside that party that I I can see. Uh, Maxime Bernier has uh, stood for all the things those people who support him have stood for. He's been speaking out of it against the vaccination process, masking process, limits on gatherings, shutting down the economy, pandemic benefits. I think it's really interesting is where do they go next? Uh, what's the next big issue uh, for Maxime Bernier and the People's Party of Canada? They got 5% of the vote in the last election, but the you know, Conservatives poured And they did make a, a difference in some ridings, but the Conservatives actually uh, had higher popular support uh, vote again than the Liberals this time around. So what was the net impact? of uh, the People's Party of Canada and the Conservatives. Uh, You don't hear much about it. Uh, it, it, Have they been, you know, marginalized because of the positions they've taken? Uh, Perhaps. Uh, It's not surprising to me that the man who founded the party uh, continues to enjoy uh, a a lot of support uh, from the people inside that party. And uh, who are those people who support him? Are they people who, you know... uh, Believe you know Max Bernier is the you know the the, the leader on on you know the white knight that's going to uh, you know lead their issues and and be their voice. It would seem that way. Uh, how much uh, can he be expected to grow that party? Uh, given what we've seen from them in the last three years, uh, that's a big question mark. And as I say, you know what, what's the next big issue? Uh, you know they they had a lot to say during the pandemic what's the ne- next big issue as, as we move forward uh, that, you know, has the possibility at some point of propelling Max Bernier to a wider audience. Um, not sure what that would be.
0: Yeah. All right, it's going to be an interesting week. Peter, thank you for sharing your thoughts today. Always a pleasure, Mark. Take care. That's CPAC's Peter Van Dusen. There being no dissenting voice, I declare the motion carried Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Ottawa Sun, Candace Malcolm asks, What's the purpose of Canada's opposition these days? Malcolm writes, Well, it may seem heartwarming to see the entire lower chamber standing in unison to approve a bill. In fact, it betrays the principles of our system of government, especially when, just a few months ago, Conservative MPs provided legitimate reasons as to why this specific bill, as is, ought not to be passed into law. This is worse than a flip-flop. It's a betrayal to Conservative principles and to the very purpose of our Westminster system that was designed to facilitate disagreement and debate. In the Toronto Star, Taylor C. Noakes argues Canada needs a green national energy program instead of corporate welfare, for the oil and gas sector. Noakes writes, Though oil and gas resources seem to be abundant, a kind of green energy scarcity is emerging, and citizens are pushing for the abandonment of non-renewable energy sources. It's not that we can't get it, it's that we don't want it. We've given our oil and gas sector everything it could possibly want, including public subsidy, public land, and publicly owned infrastructure. The sector has gotten us no closer to energy independence nor a green transition. It's more than time to turn off the taps. In an editorial, the Toronto Sun argues we need a holiday break from these stressful times. The Sun writes If Canadians are feeling worn out by now, they should be forgiven. It's been a long year. It's also been a roller coaster of a year. And when it comes to COVID 19 woes, This is the second year of it. It's good news that we have witnessed the reopening of society and the rollout of COVID-19 vaccines, but fears and uncertainty still abound. That and the economic turbulence currently going on is very real and potentially sticking around for quite some time. We are a country collectively in need of a break and a refresh. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will meet with the Premier of Newfoundland and Labrador. He will also attend a vigil in memory of the victims of the 1989 École Polytechnique Montreal tragedy. And Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will attend question period. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Monday, December 6th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events, Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.